why why on earth would you DVR mind of Mencia? <laughs> members of the Randy Newman fandom discussing one of his songs at random followed by another that's a cover it's Wheel of Randy okay everybody we are interrupting Pixar month for a special episode today we are two weeks out from election day as of the publication day of this airing so we've brought in a couple of our local candidates and two of my favorite down ballot candidates have agreed to be with us today we have wheel alumnus michael ross hey guys it's good to be back and then we have a newbie to the show spencer hicks yeah that's me so we're all wearing glasses we are we're in the club Hey, and these guys are literally two weeks away from Election Day and have taken time away from their busy schedules to be with us today. So thank you guys so much for coming. Uh, why don't each of you, you know, tell us a little bit about your race and what's going on with that. And uh, Spencer, we'll start with you. Yeah, I'm running for uh, Oklahoma County Commissioner uh, for District 2, which basically makes uh, – a U around Oklahoma County, so it's four acres, Bethany, everything south of 40, Harrod, uh, Choctaw, Nuala on the east side. Yeah, things are going well, just out knocking doors, um, ready ready for the results to uh, start coming in. Oh, yeah. Okay, Michael, which, what's your race? So I'm running for State House of Representatives in House District 68. Um, I'm up turnpike from you guys in the uh, – kind of in the, the West Tulsa suburbs. Spencer's district is easier to describe. He gets to call his a U. Mine has been described as looking like a a, 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 a seahorse, which right. is a, you know, I mean, if we're going to, if we're going to gerrymander our districts beyond recognition, we might as, might as well make them, make them fun shapes, right? I 100% um, agree. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm running to represent a uh, area of the Tulsa Metro that includes um, West Tulsa, which is actually kind of a cool collection of, of smaller communities that have gotten absorbed into Tulsa. So that's like Carbondale and Crystal City and uh, Red Fork. And then, uh, and then as you go down through Tulsa Hills, and then you've got like, I've got a good sized chunk of Jenks and, and the north end of Glenpool. It's kind of this corridor that runs down Highway 75. Word on the street is that both of your races are toss-ups. That's that's what I hear, and that's exciting because um, I'm definitely on paper I'm I'm the dark horse. So this is uh, it's exciting to have folks, you know, have have folks feel like this is a competitive race. Uh, I'm certainly trying to to run it as competitively as I can. And you know, Spencer, I know you've been out there just just getting after it, man. Uh, I'm I'm from Choctaw originally, and I know. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've spoken I've spoken with well, your father. Yes, and he spoke well of you. Um, I was just oh, throwing that out there for the the less the listeners at home. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I've I've been been big up in you for uh, for a while to friends and family back home. So hopefully, good. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, I hope they won't hold that against you. Either way. 
either way, <laughs> I've, I've certainly been called worse, uh, I'm sure. Friend of uh, Mike Ross. I'll take it. I'm going to, I'm going to make a little, uh, I'm going to make an endorsed by Michael Russ. Go for it, man. Hey, you have my blessing. Done. Now to, to, to be fair, I, I cannot endorse on this show. In fact, I, I I invited one of your opponents to be on the show and they politely ignored me. Uh, (laughs) I think I know about this. Yes, you do know about this. Uh, But uh, what, what I did want to talk to y'all about, you know, I know my audience pretty well. Yeah, it, it, it's it's some Oklahomans, but you know we're pretty scattered o- over the country, and most of the people that that listen to this made up their mind about their election choices a long, long time ago. Uh, yeah. I cast my ballot last week, so it's been really nice just to be able to tell people who called, "Yeah, you're wasting your time. I voted." But what I wanted to ask y'all out about is, you know, how we, the listener, can help with turnout, especially how we can reach out to people who aren't on the fence about a candidate necessarily, but, you know, don't spend day in, day out following the, 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 the horse race of politics like us and and you know how 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 do we relate to people who are like oh yeah there's an election coming up I should probably look into that. Um, wh- what ha- you all talk to you know, a whole lot more voters than I do. What what is the what's the best way to reach out to to someone who's not sure about whether it's worth their time to vote or not? Well, um, Spencer, I'll, I'll lead off if, if, yeah, if that's cool with you. Um, so the thing about races like mine and Spencer's is that the stuff that a state legislator or the stuff that a county commissioner will be responsible for is stuff that has a, a incredibly powerful impact on people's day-to-day lives. Um, you know, I know that, especially in a presidential election year, even – even in a quote normal presidential election year um, that that looks a little bit less like something out David Lynch, um, you have a race at the top of the ticket that seems to kind of suck a lot of the air out of the room. And the fact is that the stuff that we the the kind of bread and butter issues that that we have to discuss with people is it, it's the sort of stuff that really does impact your life. And, you know, if I'm talking to somebody about, um, you know, why they need to get out to the polls for my sake, for, for my candidacy, I'm going to ask them questions like, you know, are you, or is somebody in your family trying to get by on minimum wage, which hasn't gone up in so long that it's, it's a sick joke. You know, are people trying to scrape by on $7.25? Well, the state legislature in Oklahoma, A, they can vote on a a statewide uh, raise in the minimum wage, which I believe Representative Goodwin proposed that last session. Um, I don't think it got heard on the floor, but it did get it did get proposed. Um, But also the legislature tied municipalities hands a couple sessions back and said that if the city of Tulsa wanted to, ra- wanted to raise minimum wage within its boundaries under state law. It can no longer do that without a statewide raise. 
So those are, you know, that's, that's kitchen table stuff. That's the stuff that impacts regular people on a everyday basis. And that's why people need to need to pay attention to races like this. Um, you know, Spencer, I know, is running in a, a, a county where we've got county commissioners being, shall we say, less than uh, less than forthright on some some pretty important issues. And, you know, again, these are these are things that much more than much more than who's sitting at 1600 Pennsylvania. Yeah. You know, these are things where we're impacting your pocketbook, your quality of life, and your vote matters. Um, you know, my, my friend, Alice Knightley Freeman, um, who is the senator for my district, uh, she won her initial election with, I believe, fewer than 30 votes were the difference. It was unreal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's kind of the kind of thing that I'd point to and say, look, this is really an instance where your vote does matter and where you really can have a say in hopefully electing someone who's going to make, make your world a little bit, a little bit better. Yeah, no, I, I agree with everything Michael just said. Um, Like these are, yeah, like people, people look at what's going on in the federal government because that that's what gets all the press. Um, you know, huge ideas, huge sweeping ideas that they talk about, and and then they pick a side, and they're like, "Well, I'm on, I'm on this team." And then, uh, like when you're talking to voters, and you're just like, "Hey, uh, you know, this is what a county commissioner does. Shouldn't be partisan at all." Um, personally, I don't, I don't give a crap if you're Republican or Democrat. Fix the roads in East Oklahoma County. I don't, I don't care what your position is on on the things you can't do anything about but yeah i mean so especially now i mean i think more often than than at least as far back as i can remember like politics is now viewed as like a team sport um where it's like well i'm on i'm on this side this side i don't care i don't care what the issue is whatever they say i'm with them mm-hmm. it's, it's like that uh just just think for yourself just make up your own mind about something you know I think back in the 90s, uh, Noel Gallagher from Oasis uh, said that he voted Labor because he saw he saw it as being like his football team. Yeah, that is, that, it's, that, the same, which, it's the same now. I mean, just look, folks, don't take your, your political advice from Noel Gallagher, okay? <laughs> take it from Liam. <laughs> <laughs> I figured they'd just agree on pretty much everything, so it didn't seem like an issue for me. Uh, Spencer, since I, I live in, in, in your, what is it, ward district? District. district. Yeah. Um, I, I've noticed something about your campaign that I've noticed more and more here in Oklahoma City. I don't know if it's the way in Tulsa. Is the yard sign a thing of the past? It seems like the yard signs um, aren't there anymore. And I've, I've seen different consultants say that yard signs are a waste of money. Yeah, we, we certainly didn't spend a whole lot of money on yard signs. Um, you won't, you won't see any Spencer Hicks signs in, in an empty field or, uh, in abandoned business. It's just, we, we printed some, if, if you're a homeowner and you want a sign, I'll give you a sign. Um, I know that's, I mean, I personally, I enjoy, uh, like getting a candidate signs. Um, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of seeing them in like the right of way and, uh, just 
littered across the city, but... Spencer, you know what is fun is putting one in a yard a couple doors down from your opponent's house. That's a lot of fun. (laughs) Yes, I'm going to do that. I'm going to (laughs) fly. I've done that. Now, Michael, I know that you're being outspent. Spencer, I couldn't find the the, the data on yours, but... uh, I'm being outspent. (laughs) Yeah, but but y'all both make up for it in hustle, uh, in my experience. Uh, Man, (laughs) I'll tell you what, Dan. uh, When you look at my opponent's expenditures, and you you just kind of sit there and go, that's what you spend your money on, dude? Um, this time around, he's got um, very, he's got these these embroidered hats. And I'm sitting here going, nice. yeah, I mean, I, I felt self-conscious. I, I did do a, a short run of t-shirts and I felt a little self-conscious about that. Um, and then I'm like, that, that dude's wearing his own hat. Is that like being in a band and wearing your own merch? <laughs> you know, this, Spencer, you're wearing your shirt, aren't you? I am. I am wearing my shirt. Yeah, I'm, I'm wearing. I'm wearing an Al Riggs shirt. Friend, friend of the podcast, Al Riggs. Friend of the podcast. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, I agree with uh, with what Spencer was saying, though. That the yard sign is is kind of um, yeah. Yards don't vote. Businesses don't vote. And yeah, like you're saying, Dan. I mean, hustle is just the nature of of the beast if you if you are running an insurgent campaign you know um one of the things you know one of the things you know i i know spencer prefers the 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 very uh chill sounds of magic 104 but you know dan you and i are are punk rock to the core and uh about as punk rock as a (laughs) topic um well but i mean like i i kind of refer to my campaign as kind of like the minutemen campaign you know like like I ask myself, what would Mike Watt do some days? I get up, I get up stupid early every day because I've, I've got a, I've got a real job. Uh, I don't know what the heck my opponent actually does with his time. We don't mind me talking a little trash, do we? I'm, I'm feeling kind of salty these days. <laughs> um, it's, we're all a little punchy lately. It's, it's yeah. been a, it's been a year. Um, I have a background in everything from, you know, I, I, I'm a teacher, but also I have a degree in, in journalism and I was trained in like InDesign and Photoshop and stuff like that way back in the day. And so any piece of literature that comes out from me, any, God, I, I have to do my own photography, which mm-hmm. some days is better than others. You know, the getting everything set up in Hootsuite for the week, all, all of that fun stuff. Um, using the uh, using the free trial only. Sorry, gang. Uh, the the Ross campaign keeps it lean and mean. Um, but yeah, I mean, hustle is just the name of the game, and you you really have to want you really have to want it, and you really have to want it for good reasons. I think because if you're if you just unless you're one of these guys that just falls backwards into the right crowd wants you to run and is willing to prop you up, which we know does happen. You know, you're going to have to learn new things. You're going to have to stretch in ways that you are probably not comfortable stretching. And that's going to be your life when you're out on the, out on the trail. And, you know, sometimes you hear the, you know, you hear the strains of, 
uh, turn the page playing in the background when, you know, <laughs> did I really just take us to, to from the Minutemen to Bob Seeger on a Randy Newman podcast with a little Oasis appetizer with a little bit of, with a little mm-hmm. bit of uh, cool Britannia in there, you know, um, I think what the average voter sees from any candidate probably represents if they're doing it right, if they're putting in the work and really, really trying to be the best candidate they can be. I think what the public sees is probably only a quarter of what's actually going on on a good day. On any given day, you might get up and be like, oh yeah, I've got turf to cover this afternoon, but in the meantime, I've got to make sure that the phone bank's set up and oh, here's the the latest, uh, you know, here's the latest report on COVID or on just what the economy is shaping up to look like uh, in the coming year. Um, I probably need to know something about that. And, oh, by the way, here's historically stuff that has been, you know, been harming your your district. One of the things I've tried to call attention to is the fact that my district is a, a really a, a study in stark contrasts. The the far north end of my, or excuse me, the far south end of my district is fairly comfortable and affluent. It's jinx. It's good number of homes that are valued at at least a hundred thousand or more. Very firmly middle class. And you go north sixty first Street, and property values crater really quickly. And you find uh, you find that oh yeah, by the way, everything north of sixty first is stuff that historically was redlined. And, you know, I went back to the maps from 1930 and saw everything in West Tulsa, just a blob of red. It's, you know, it's stuff like that that has kept property value down and has has kept, you know, half the district living in a substandard quality of life compared to the other half. And so you're learning all of this stuff and processing it and saying, okay, well, A, how do I educate people on why I'm the right candidate to take on this problem that they might not even have realized had these tentacles that went that deep? And if you're, if you're the eternal optimist and just ray of sunshine that I am, um, you, you are thinking about, okay, what can, if, if, if I wake up on November 4th, after having spent the night before watching Jurassic Park instead of watching uh, election returns, you know, what can I start to work on immediately to try to make things better? You know, I, I don't have any illusions about what, what the future looks like. If, if I do flip, this would be a flip. This, this is a seat that was very much gerrymandered to, to protect a very particular type of legislator. And, you know, they all, you know, if you look at everybody going back to the last redistricting, it's insurance guys from Jinx, middle-aged insurance guys from Jinx. And that's not a slight toward the insurance industry or toward, you know, middle-aged guys from Jinx. That's just saying that there's a whole perspective that's been missing from the conversation. And, if I manage that flip, I can see that there's going to be folks that are going to be like, yeah, that guy doesn't belong. Let's get, let's get another guy off our bench here. So I have to start working in a hurry. I have to, I have to be ready to hit the ground running to say, if I'm going to make a difference, I may only get one, one time around. 
I know you've been you've been knocking doors and you've been been making phone calls. And meanwhile, I'm in my isolated little Twitter verse, and it's easy for me to say, "Oh, the undecided voter doesn't exist anymore." Uh, is that true for the people you've talked to? Are there people out there who are on the fence? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I don't know. I think you know, down ballot, down ballot, absolutely. Um, I think I think for the most part, um, a lot of people have had their opinion on. Uh, the presidential race, yeah. Uh, but but down ballot, uh, I found a whole lot of people. One don't know who uh, their their current county commissioner is. Um, not really sure about what a county commissioner does, and and so I mean, it's I've had a lot of good conversations about what people expect for the money they're paying in with their property taxes and what is and is not being done with it. So so I think down ballot, absolutely. I think a lot of people that now now that there's a lot more early voting a lot of mail-in voting it was it was interesting having a discussion you know around our household when we we had a, a ballot filling in party and my son was like oh what can you tell me about county commissioner what is that and i can say well yeah not really crazy about either one of them but no no <laughs> uh, you should vote for spencer he's a good guy that's a conversation we couldn't have if we were in the voting booth, you know, if, if he was in there with me, you know, and, and he's just looking at this and going, well, I'll pick the funnier name, I guess. I, well, who, who would win then? Well, yeah. Okay. That is a toss up. Yeah. I ran, I I ran a uh, analysis of what 50 years of Oklahoma elections and the shorter name wins like 60% of the time. So you're saying I should have filed as Mike Ross. Yeah. Dang it, Dan. Where were you back in, back in February? Yeah, come on. You know, this is the kind of, this is the kind of consulting that doesn't come free, man. <laughs> good point. Good. <laughs> but uh, I want to say if, if you're good at it, never do it for free. But I, I think now that more and more people are, are voting ahead of time, there, there is more talking with family and friends and, uh, especially when it comes to, you know, you know, there are a lot of municipal referendums this time around. And, you know, I even worked for the city and I didn't understand these things. So I was able yeah. to, before filling out my ballot, you know, talk to some people I trusted and saying, okay, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? Hopefully that will, will give people a little more of an informed decision on down ballot races. So before, Going against the spirit of down ballot races. Sorry, I was counting the letters in <laughs> in in my name and my opponent's name. So I, I analyzed twelve only last name only. Okay, well then. Oh, if it's last name only, then I've got a fair shake because yeah. uh, the guy I'm running against has the same number of letters in his last name as me. Well, you know the the, the these four letter people are you know, we're, we're we're destined for greatness. I'm yeah. telling you. I, I I tend to see I tend to see any any competition I'm in more like the the monkey knife fight from The Simpsons anyway, you know if, if I can live my life just long enough to hear you know Harry Shearer say, "Furious George, what have they done with your beautiful <laughs> face?" Then uh, then I, I know I will have done something right. Hey, save your stump speech for the candidate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, for Ross, he'll make the, the weird Simpsons polls. So, who wants to introduce the song we're talking about today? Either, either way. 
Oh yeah, we can. Heck, I'll do it. All right. Nor normally, I uh, normally I, I pick the person and, they, and then they pick the song. But today it was no, coming in hot off the nineteen seventy four album. Good old boys, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We have the scorching hot political take on Richard Dixon's presidency. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Randy Newman with Mr. President. Have pity on the working man. And folks, if you can't find a copy of Good Old Boys, it is resting comfortably in disc two of the Forrest Gump soundtrack. It is. How many people, like seriously, how many people had this as their introduction to any Randy Newman song that wasn't uh, Pixar? Well, I'm almost in that category because I remember getting that that collection, which was a heck of a, a, a soundtrack. It's it's like this, getting this, you, this too and going, they put a Randy Newman song on it. <laughs> they were really well, filling this out. <laughs> and the, the, I mean, the thing is, you take the Forrest Gump soundtrack and like the Big Chill soundtrack, and if you listen to those just straight through, you've just like mainlined boomer nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> Like you, you start like having hallucinations about like, I don't know, shag carpeting and wood paneling or something. It's coming back. It's coming back. <laughs> Orange shag, baby. Mm -hmm. All right. So audience, before we get too far down a rabbit hole, take a quick listen to Mr. President. Have pity on the working man. Captain Races, sing this song, do-da, do-da. And we are back. What amazes me about this song, yeah, both this song and you know, some of his other political stuff, like political science, it doesn't come across as dated. No, not at all. And, you know, Spencer, I, I know, you know, you're a student of, of comedy as, as much as me. I, you, know, you think of, of traditional political comedy and you know it's got a shelf life of sour cream yeah yeah you, know, you look yeah. at you know like bond meter and, and you know like the the those kennedy records that they put out you know even if even if the kennedy tragedy hadn't been avoided you know, no one would be listening to that in three or four years did you guys watch reruns of laugh-in on nick at night back in like back in the early 90s no yeah, they, they were running Rowan and Martin's Laughing, and that was a trip to be like a kid in the early '90s watching that, trying to decode why it was funny. Yeah, like yeah. The, the 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 only things I remember really were like Ruth Buzzy hitting the old man with the purse, and the the I had a a kid that I, like. I knew at school who he had older parents and he was hip to that generation of comedy. Like he was coming to school, making jokes about like, like stealing jokes from uh, Victor Borgia videos and stuff, which what a, what a strange situation that is. Um, <laughs> but uh, he would walk around doing the, the German soldier voice doing the interesting, but stupid stuff and yeah i mean the the if that is all that you can salvage from from laughing for future generations well and and you know goldie hawn um <laughs> god bless goldie hawn um yeah i think it kind of depends on how you how you go about um 
constructing the the either the sketch or the joke. Um, you know, you watch you watch something like um, uh, the Daily Show. You're like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can watch back episodes and be like, oh, okay, they've given me enough information uh, to realize why that was relevant then or whatever. Um, but whether or not it's if it's an issue or an idea, um, and I think that um, I think that is kind of the timelessness of like like the song or um, like a Dave Chappelle joke, you know, like I think he he talks more about the ideas of of things instead of just like an issue that is maybe relevant currently. Yeah. Now, can I ask you a question, Spencer? And this this is a, a question coming yeah. from a really sincere place. Yeah. Has Saturday Night Live ever actually been funny or has that been a mass hallucination? Like, is, has Lauren Michaels just pulled off the ultimate gaslighting? Um, yeah. Listen, I, I enjoy Saturday Night Live. Uh, like, the thing that... Listen, I, I enjoy Saturday Night Live, and it is what it is. Um, I get upset when I watch it because I feel like no... They never write the ending to a sketch. Like, the last... The end of a sketch is never the punchline. Like you enjoy the ride, but whenever they end a sketch, it's not, it doesn't leave you with, with a point, like a punch, you know? Uh, so that's my big frustration, but I, and maybe, and maybe it's always been that way, but you know, when I was growing up, uh, I would just laugh at Chevy Chase falling over something. Um, I didn't, I didn't need, I didn't necessarily need uh, a witty, heady joke to make me laugh. That's that's what I went to Mr. Show for. Mr. Show is so good. So good. <laughs> Probably the I best do like sketch comedy show constantly writing ever written. The stater these days. Oh, my gosh. The, there's, there's, stuff, um, there's stuff in Mr. Show that just conceptually just like the structure of a given episode is so just intricate and you you kind of sit there and go how did these guys pull that off yeah i'm gonna stop talking mr show now because uh we're i think we're getting out in the weeds here <laughs> well the, w once again i am infuriating the randy super fans who are now who have been <laughs> on me the past couple months hey. Tell them, let, let's, let's go them then. Any, any snippets. I'm not giving them anything they don't already know. And <laughs> we've only nominally talked about this song. Let's, let's get into it then. Let's mix it up here. Um, you know, Mr. President is like, like you were saying, it's political without feeling dated. And that's something, I think that's something that's even harder with pop music than it is with comedy. Because pop music you are entirely relying on entirely relying on kind of the theater of the, the listener's mind and at least with comedy you can dress somebody up in a costume if you have to you know at least with comedy you you can have somebody like even if the whole rest of the sketch had been a dud and actually i, I thought that the i thought that the tina fey is pale and sketches were very funny um 
just having Tina Fey dressed up as Sarah Palin with the glasses and everything and saying, I can see Alaska from my house. Like at least the visual of that and kind of like blank beauty contestant stare she had going on is funny. Even if you don't remember who Sarah, uh, Sarah Palin is, but if you try to drop a, a political pop song, it might have a shelf life shorter than that, shorter than that sour cream. Um, you know, because especially now it feels like music changes so quickly. Um, and uh, yeah. And, and he pulls off a magic trick with this. Well, I, I think Spencer, you're, you're, you're right. That, that it's focusing on the ideas rather than the person. He never names Nixon in this song. No, he doesn't. Um, but it's this whole idea of, you know, the, the, the working man is just completely getting neglected. I, I, I love that line. I, I know it may sound funny, but people everywhere are running out of money. Just the, it, that something like that would seem funny to a person or it would seem foreign to them that they have to, you know, people are scraping up a budget. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think about, you know, most you know economists on TV. You know, you know they talk about they don't know the the, the price of anything. Um, that was that was one of the the knocks against uh, George H W Bush when he was running in ninety two. Did you all see the Iowa Senate debate? Yeah, like, about oh, soybeans, God. soybeans and corn, soybeans and corn. It was beautiful. <laughs> oh man. I'll answer corn. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what the price of corn is. We asked you for soybeans. Nope. Tell me about corn. Yeah. We're talking about corn now. All right. I'll put y'all on this. I'll put y'all on the spot. What's the price of crude today? You know what? A barrel. You know what, Dan? I think, a barrel. Okay. Well, I think that it's important that we keep an eye on the day-to-day -day price shift in crude. It's also important to remember that we've got an obligation to take care of the people pulling that crude out of the ground. And when, <laughs> we, okay. when we can't look them in the eye and explain why the minimum wage today is valued at less than it was in 1968, then it's not what's crude. Isn't the black gold coming out, coming out of the ground with. Nope. Okay. Put uh, that on a t-shirt. Put it on a t-shirt. It's our treatment of everything. As, as they said in, in our mutual favorite movie, sorry to bother you, you're sidestepping more than the effing temptations. <laughs> Saw that with Matt Carney, and the two of us looked at each other at the, the, at the reveal going into the third act. And we're like, what are we watching? What the hell is Oh, it's so good. Spencer, I mean, you, you talked about this, how, how you know, people... How, how this, you know, on, on the county level, how this is affecting people's day-to-day -day lives and, and how it, it's easy for, for a, a politician to, to lose touch of that. I mean, as, as much as people are hurting this year, you know, they don't look to the county commissioner to fix economic policies. Um, but how have you been able to, to help relate to people you know, who are in this situation where, where everyone's running out of money. What, what, what's your response to that? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I point to the way the county handled the CARES Act funds they got. Um, 
you know, yeah, and locals know about that, but everyone, everyone else tell them about that drama. Yeah. So in Oklahoma County, um, the, the county received uh, $47 million for the CARES Act funds. Um, and we received that back in April. Um, the county put up a little survey on, on the county website. Uh, I think it's still there. It was there two days ago. Uh, but it was like, hey, how should, how should we best use this money? Should we? They put that uh, on the website? They did. They did. And, and the options were like, um, you know, PPE, uh, rental assistant, like things that would put the money into the economy mm -hmm. and help people from being evicted. Um, since, since March, Oklahoma County has had over 4,000 uh, eviction notices sent out. Um, and if you, get, if you get evicted, like that is, uh, that is a domino that, that is falling in a chain of a lot. Like you can't get, once you have an eviction notice, it becomes a lot harder to find housing uh, or an apartment. Um, and then, then you're out on the street, then you got to go. I'm yeah. not, we won't get too deep into it, but so instead of instead of doing all these things with the CARES Act money, that would actually help the economy and help people who, of no fault of their own, have either you know had their hours cut, lost their job, uh, been stuck with medical bills. Uh, the county commissioners decided to put it in, give it to the jail trust. Um, and uh, for a rainy day. <laughs> Well, apparently, if that money is not spent by December 30th, it goes back to the to the feds. Um, and it, I think they've spent three million dollars, three million of it, um, and the rest of it is just sitting. It's just sitting in an account, uh, and it's it's ridiculous. Spencer, did, did either you, Spencer or Dan, did either either of you guys read uh, the the book Evicted? I'm trying to remember the author's name but it, it won the Pulitzer a couple of years ago. Um, just as you were talking about the long-term impact of eviction, um, I, I would recommend that one to dance okay. listeners. It's a really compassionate picture of just what the human cost of eviction is. And um, I know that uh, even before I threw my hat in the ring, when uh, I, I read that a couple of months before I decided to run and it shaped a lot of my agenda for this campaign because it, it kind of, you know, I, Tulsa is in the, I don't remember our exact ranking, but we're one of the 10 worst metro areas for eviction in the nation, which is just, it's unconscionable. It's, it's, it's just flat out wrong. And um, so, yeah, I would, I would recommend that one to anyone who does not have that firsthand connection and wants, wants an, a, a really empathetic picture of what, what it really looks like and what the costs really are. Um, the book is just called ev Eviction or Evicted, excuse me, Evicted. Yeah. By, by Matthew Desmond. Yes, yes. And he actually is a MacArthur Fellow, if I remember right. I got the Genius Grant and has put that into, uh, has put that into uh, research to help combat uh, uh, systemic poverty and eviction.
Guys, do we have time to spin the wheel or should we just call it a night? We should. Let's spin the wheel. We got to spin that wheel. Hey, bef before we do, before we do, can I throw something out there to you? Um, I had a list pulled up. Yeah, of... counselor. <laughs> I, I was just going to say um, that one of the, one of the great gifts of the Richard Nixon administration is a just bounty of great political protest music that has aged really well. Um, beyond okay, Mr. don't Pro say Pat Paulson because that stuff has not aged well. <laughs> I was gonna oh, say Steve, Stevie so Wonder, terrible. Stevie Wonder cut a song called uh, I think it's called uh, You Haven't Done Nothing, and it's just calling Nixon out. And he's got the Jackson Five as his backup singers on it. Ooh. It kills, man, it's so good. Um, but yeah, I mean, even in that era, you've got um maybe something that has aged less well, but one of my all-time favorite titles, uh, James Brown's Funky President. Funky President, people, it's bad. That's, that's one, of the, one of the great song titles, I think, ever. Um, but yeah, you do, you do a little bit of a, a dig into political music of that era, and um, there's, there's some really great stuff. Uh, there's great stuff now, too, but I feel like a lot of it's being done by less mainstream acts. Um, and these were the big guns. You know, Stevie Wonder, big gun. Um, you know, this is – Mr. President is a, is a – you know, I think that's a giant among giants. Oh, my goodness. Here it comes. Here comes the wheel. Can you all see uh -oh. that? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I see it. Michael, yeah. we didn't have the graphic up when you spun, did you? No, we, we didn't. No, you, you were. Uh, the I was early. Season one, before Michael <laughs> of Wheel of Randy. All right, Spencer, whenever you want, yell stop, and we're going to see what this bad boy lands on. Spin the wheel, spin the wheel, spin the wheel of Randy. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Stop. Oh my yes! God. Yes! Is this the saddest <laughs> song he ever wrote? I, oh my gosh, it's the bleakest song he ever wrote. All right, folks, we're going to listen to God's song. And I, okay, if John Solomon was introducing this, he would say, we're going to listen to God's song, parent. That's why I love mankind, close parent. <laughs> and folks y'all can can follow along you can listen to this this is the last track off the album sail away uh we're going to listen to it together here and if you still have the will to live in four minutes come back and join <laughs> us and we'll talk this over oh before we listen spencer spencer do you know this song i'm not i've listened i've listened to a lot of randy newman uh, but I do not know the names of the uh, songs. All right. I, I, I always like getting to see people's first reaction. Bet my money on a bobtail drag all the mm. doo day. Okay, guys, we're back. <laughs> oh, boy. Spencer, I, what do you think? Um, it reminds me of uh, was it Victor 
Viktor Frankl, who said, if he ever, what's the quote? Uh, like, if I ever meet God, uh, he's going to have to beg my forgiveness <laughs> instead of the other way. Like, a, a, a survivor was like, was like, do you believe in God? And he was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find that quote. Hang on. I, I still say that some young intern at oh, is going to accidentally put this on the playlist someday. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, uh, is is that is that the 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 least produced song on Sail Away? Yeah, like because it, it's just like it. That's you can that. hear you can hear him pressing the pedals on the piano. You can, which he likes to do. If you get his songbook albums, yeah, that's that's the sound he's going for. But yeah, even then, as a young man, it's just, just well, and like, I, man. And well, then the whole rest of that album is so lush and so like strange so, all over the place. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is it Lenny Waronker doing that? I don't I'm know. To think. Ask the super fans who send me hate mail. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to throw you a bone here, man. I'm trying I'm trying to help you out. I, uh, Nelson Riddle. That's always my answer. Nelson Riddle. Nelson Riddle. You find it standard. Yeah. The quote is: uh, "If there is a God, He will have to beg." Uh, beg my forgiveness, uh, a phrase that was carved on the walls of a concentration camp uh, during the Holocaust. Wow. God, this song just... Ah. I played this song at an open mic. <laughs> <laughs> That's brutal. <laughs> Alex was like... How did, it, how did it go? <laughs> how, did, how, did the, how did it go when you at the open mic? Uh, not so good. <laughs> yeah. Did people just like start throwing Prozac at you? <laughs> just like but that crowd. Lexapro by the fistful. That crowd has enough <laughs> ironic detachment from the Almighty that they can handle it better than I can. Yeah. I know that when I first started playing this, you know, uh, when I first started practicing this on, off the piano, uh, my wife, who didn't know the song, was just hearing the piano. I was like, this is the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and you haven't heard the words yet. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like it, it's, it makes, okay. So do you guys know, uh, know the band XTC? Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you know the song Dear God? Yeah. Okay. It makes Dear God sound happy. Like yeah. Dan, you no, would love absolutely. XTC. You need oh, to get, you need to get into that band that's actually sung by a child and it builds up to this, this line at the very end um, where this little kid announces, but I don't believe in you. And it's just, it's just a knife in the heart. But yeah, God, God's song is like, if you, I don't think it, Dan, do you think there's any irony in this song at all? Or do you think it's just like, cause Newman's an atheist, isn't he? Well, he, he he is, but he has a great respect for religion at the same time. Yeah. He's not, I don't see him as condemning religion here as, as so much as condemning uh, a, a quid pro quo religion or a, a religion like blind faith. looking for really simple answers. Uh, and, and, you know, as we even see in, 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 in when they have their convention that they're trying to be ecumenical but at the same time you know the the foreigners get to to skype in instead of actually being there yeah um yeah you know he, he he's said before 
that he does not believe in God, but he doesn't take the issue lightly. And, you know, he expands on, on this, you know, especially when you get to his, his album, Faust. Faust is the 60-minute version of God's song, basically. Yes, yes, with, with, with 100% more Don Henley. And, and a hundred more Bonnie Raitt, yes. Yes, the great Bonnie Raitt. So, you know, I, you know, as a, you know, I am a theist, um, I, I can listen to this song and respond to this song without it really shaking my faith, you know. I see him condemning, uh, you know, easy answers. Yeah. I see him, well, you know, condemning people who, who feel they have a right to this direct line to God? Um, now, Dan, you're 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 Methodist, right? Oh, yep. Okay. Um, Spencer, I don't know if you if you are a person of faith or if, if you know I I I love everybody. Um, yeah. I'm a, I'm I'm Christian Church Disciples of Christ, and uh, one of the big tenets of of my. Uh, of my background is that there is no one right reading of the Bible, that it is open to the believer's interpretation. And sometimes that gets kind of lost in the mix. I mean, come from a faith tradition that has books like Job and Habakkuk in there. And, you know, I think that this song fits in with that tradition in a way, you know, um, in a way I kind of, kind of hear the God of the book of Job in here because Job, you know, it, it, the song talks about, you know, we kill your children. I kill your children and you praise my name and everything, how blessed we are and all that. And like, I very much hear that in there, but also, you know, Habakkuk is, is literally prime minister's questions with God. And, you know, that, I think that's, I, I think that's, you know, it, it ought to take more than a Randy Newman song to shake someone's faith. So I think that, Dan, I think you've probably got the right response there, man. Spencer, you were talking about, about Frankel earlier, um, and it, it made me pull up you know, my favorite uh, Frankel quote. And um, let me just read this, uh, because you know, I, I think about it when, when it comes to this song. It's like, well, what are we supposed to do with this song? And what Frankl wrote was, what we really needed was a fundamental change in our attitude toward life. We had to learn ourselves, and we had to teach the despairing men that it did not really matter what we expected from life, but rather what life expected from us. We needed to stop asking about the meaning of life, and instead to think of ourselves as those who were being questioned by life daily and hourly. And here's my favorite part. Our answer must consist not in talk and meditation, but in right action and in right conduct. And this, this kind of ties into to, to the races y'all are running here. You know, it's easy to get caught up in the presidency and personalities and this forth. But y'all are, y'all are getting, getting potholes fixed. Y'all are getting, you know, wages addressed and, 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 and Medicaid addressed and, and y'all are doing right talk and right action. And that's, that's Hopefully. something that it's easy for us to forget about politics because, you know, the stuff on TV get, gets our attention. Um, but j just like, 
just like in this song, we're getting caught up into why do people die? Yeah. And if you're getting caught up in that, then you're not feeding your neighbor. Yeah. Um, it's okay to, I, I, I see from this song and every Randy Newman song is a Rorschach test <laughs> is, you know, don't get too caught up in the mystic. Don't get too caught up in the grand cosmos here, but take care of your neighbor. I 100% agree with that. You can, you can make life, if you, if you only look at all, all the misery and pain uh, and gross stuff in the world, um, you can sit there and wallow in that, or, or you can try to do something about it. I, I think a lot about um, Chaplin in uh in in the great dictator uh standing up and and reciting from the book of luke about how he gets up and gives this beautiful monologue at the end of the film about how you are not you're not automatons you are men with hearts that love and that you should rise up and and not be driven by you know not be, be driven by those who would treat you as machines and then he, he has this beautiful delivery from the book of Luke about how the kingdom of God is, is in all men and that it's here, that it's us. Funny me getting, you know, moved on a, on a spiritual level by Charlie Chaplin, of all people. Um, but, I mean, that's, I think that's, that's right in sync with everything that we're talking about here. You know, it's it's yeah, you're supposed to serve the kingdom and the kingdom is here. It's not some theoretical thing. It's not some, not just some metaphysical else. It's the, the neighbor that you pass on the street every day, you know, and it's easy to get lost in that. I, I do think that we should have a respect for the mystic as well, but it should never supersede being the hands of Christ on earth. Come on now, guys. Don't take me too That's seriously. True. You know, you, you, you got to blame the wheel. The wheel was like, okay. <laughs> the start. wheel brought the heaviness. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for coming. This is airing October 20th, two weeks before Election Day. Early voting is, is Friday and Saturday before Election Day. Is that correct? Thir Thursday, yes. Friday, Saturday. Consult your local county election board. And Spencer, as someone who, who does a lot of statistics, uh, yeah. off of the county election board. Can we please get precinct level data from early voters? It, I, it's lumped all into this pretend precinct and it kills my statistics. I would, I would love that. Business. I think Oklahoma County needs to, uh, needs to go to the open, open gov, like Tulsa County's website. Yeah. Um, just makes me, makes me mad that uh, how far behind, how far behind we are on a lot of things. Well, y'all are both going to shake some things up. Uh, hey. one, one more thing before you go. I want each of you to recommend another down-ballot candidate that we should get to know this, this race. Um, I would say uh, Christina Chikorowski. Um, she's running for uh, uh, county clerk. Uh, who there, The county clerk is the one who maintains the county website. So um, she, she would be an amazing help at um, making making. Oklahoma County government more transparent. Michael, you got somebody? 
Yeah, I wanted to make sure and let folks know if you're in the Tulsa metro area, Tulsa County's early voting is only going to be at, uh, they're doing it at One Oak Field instead of doing it in the past. We've done it at the election board and at another location, usually uh, Hardesty Library, and they're doing it all at One Oak this year. So I want to make sure and mention that. I'm recommending Madeline Scott. Hey folks, Michael's audio went out right as he was saying, Madeline Scott. Who's running for House District 101? 101, that's Eastern um, Oklahoma she's, That's Eastern Oklahoma County. That's Midwest City in Choctaw. Um, she is a teacher and she's, she actually, um, she ran in 16, or excuse me, ran in 18 and lost in the primary and it was a really close primary. And um, she's been out there busting her tail. And I know from experience that it is brutal being a teacher and a candidate at the same time in a good year. And this year it's been gnarly for me and I can't imagine what it's like for her, but I've met her a couple of times and I'm really, really impressed by her. I think she would be an incredible asset at the, uh, at the state level. Spencer, I think she'd have your back on some stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I wanted to give Madeline some uh, some props there, and uh, yeah, there are so many good candidates that are running down ballot races all over the state. It's it's really really a great year. If if folks will pay attention to who's on their ballot and take the take the couple minutes to just do a quick Google search and and you know see what the differences really are. There are some really good people that can make some really positive changes for the state like Spencer Hicks. Like, like Michael Ross. Hey guys. Thanks so much. I know it's a super busy time for y'all and y'all, y'all need to be knocking doors and stepping envelopes. So thanks for taking an hour to, to figure out the the mysteries of God with me here today. (laughs) I loved it. I loved it. All right. guys. Highlight of my week right right. here. See y'all next time. Bye. Thank you, Dan. Bye. Thanks for listening, folks. We will be back next Monday, resuming our regular schedule. We will be wrapping up Pixar Month with, well, you got to tune in to find out. It's Wheel of Randy.